How many hats do you wear? Not talking about literal hats, but you know the expression that you know a different role you have is like a different hat you wear. Uh, a few hats that I wear are as a father, as uh, a husband, as a pastor, as a friend, as a citizen. You know, these are some of my bigger hats. Some of my smaller hats are as a football fan or as a driver on the street or as a shopper in the store. We all wear different hats at different times in our life. And there are actually plenty of times where we wear multiple hats at the same time. What about being a Christian? Is that a hat that we wear? We are in the fourth week of our sermon series, Ask Me Anything. And if you recall back to week one, Pastor Smith uh, made a comment, something to the effect of, there are going to be some questions that are asked that we just don't have a specific answer to. And well, today is one of those days. Today we are talking about Christian freedom. There are countless scenarios in our life that we face as a Christian where there is not a right or a wrong answer or where there isn't a good, clear answer. So in those situations, how should I proceed? We're going to talk about that, and, and later on, I'm going to pose and, and walk through two scenarios that uh, you likely faced or, or likely will face, and kind of walk through kind of the thought process for that. Now with these, I'm not going to be giving answers. Uh, I'm not even going to really give my opinion. I just kind of want to walk you through and, and let you deal with the discomfort of having to make the choice. That's kind of what the, the point of this is. So let's talk about Christian freedom. What is it? Well, to simply, uh, to put it simply, freedom that we have as a Christian to make choices in our life. That's what Christian freedom is. As long as it does not go against God's word or his commandments, and as long as we're not, you know, breaking some kind of law or rule that we're under. Aside from those situations, it's any time that we have a choice. We have the freedom to choose. And while there's a number of passages in Scripture, I think one of the best places uh, to guiding principles was our reading for today from uh, 1 Corinthians 10, where Paul says, All things are lawful, but not all things are helpful. All things are lawful, but not all things build up. Let no one seek his own good, but the good of his neighbor. So as Paul says, in Christ, everything is lawful, but not everything is good or builds up. In other words, we can't just use our Christian freedom however we'd like. Christian freedom comes from and is really at the foundation of our new identity in Christ. You see, in Christ, we are freed from sin. We are freed from serving our sinful, selfish ways. And we are freed to love God and love our neighbor. And this identity is really at the core of how we use our freedom. And this topic, while I don't think we talk about it, it too much, is extremely important for Christian living. With Christian freedom, there is grace in our decision-making. 
which is huge because as Christians, we want to follow God's will, right? We want to do what's right. We don't want to sin. But sometimes we just don't know what to do. Christian freedom really gives grace. But Christian freedom is also a responsibility in how we use it to care for others. It can be easy to think of our Christian identity as a hat that we wear, right? In your different roles, there are times you take off one hat and put on another. Like when I leave for work in the morning, I'm kind of taking off my dad hat and, and taking off my husband hat, and I'm putting on my driver hat and my employee hat, my pastor hat. But our identity as a Christian is different. It's just that. It's an identity. It's not a role. It's not a hat. It's foundational to who we are as a person. And so the way to think about it is not, let me put on my Christian hat, but rather it's what seeps into absolutely every decision that we make. And so the way we think of it should instead be, as a Christian, how does that impact my thought process as a father, as a husband, as a citizen, as an employee, as a driver, as a shopper, and so on? When someone doesn't have faith, when they, when they don't have the Holy Spirit working in their heart, they live however they want. They do whatever sounds good to them. But the moment the Holy Spirit creates faith in your heart, you're changed. Paul says in 2 Corinthians that if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old, that's gone. The new has come. And so in addition to giving you new life, how you live should and actually does look different when you're in Christ. Our Christian identity is not just a, a Sunday morning thing, uh, when I pray thing, uh, when I read the Bible thing. Our Christian identity gives direction to every aspect of our lives, every decision that we make, even if it doesn't have anything to do with matters of faith. That being said, there are two main kind of reasons for our Christian identity. First, as Paul also says in 2 Corinthians, you were bought with a price. God paid too high of a price for you, sending his son Jesus to die for you, to act like how you would if Christ wasn't in your life. God made you new. There's no going back to the old. God wants us to look and to be more like Jesus, and less like our sinful self. God wants us to be a reflection of Jesus in thought, word, and deed. And, and when we fail to, which, spoiler alert, we do a lot, when we fail, we confess our sins. And then with the help of the Holy Spirit, we strive again to be like Jesus. And, and a huge part of that means using our freedom to choose how we can best care for and love others, following Jesus' example. Our freedom is not for our own sake. Second, throughout the history of God's people, God has called his people to be holy, to be set apart from the rest of the world. 
And he does this not for the sake of, you know, making his people look like a bunch of goody two-shoes. And not to be like, okay, I want you to be this good, and then, oh, you, you can only be that good. Well, you guys are not good, not to make fun of us. But he wants us to be set apart, to be holy, for the sake of our witness to others. How we live, how we act, how we speak, even how we make decisions, it's all a witness to whose we are. Our witness to who Jesus is. Our witness to the life-changing power of the gospel. That is the most important thing that we have to offer this world. So how we live, it matters. Christians, whether fairly or unfairly, are looked kind of under a microscope in many ways. Raise your hand if you've ever heard anybody say, you Christians are just a bunch of hypocrites. Yeah, I think most of us at some point in our life have heard that. Well, yes. Yes, we are. We are flawed, imperfect beings. And it's kind of not fair that we are held to a higher standard than the rest of the world. But it also is. Because God has called his people to be different, to live holy lives. And so in every aspect of our life, we are being led by, am I reflecting Jesus? Am I looking like Jesus? And am I, am I being a witness to who Jesus is? As Christians, we are given newness of life and freedom in Christ, but it's not to be self-serving, but it's to glorify God, to bring him honor, to bring people to know his name, and to care for the needs of our neighbors. Now, we can still enjoy things in life. We can still do things that are fun. And yes, we can even still do things that are just for ourselves. But our Christian identity informs how we should use our Christian freedom. But that Christian freedom can look different for different people. And so with that, I want to walk through two examples that I think, you know, like I said, may already have arisen or might arise in your life. The first one is a big one. As a Christian, how should I vote? Gasp. Is pastor going to talk about politics from the pulpit? Well, not really. I'm not going to, you know, endorse any candidate or party. and I'm not going to tell you to vote for. But if you're anything like me, you find yourself uh, being split between voting for one person who has a lot of good things that they want to do and another candidate who has uh, uh, different issues that they support. There's never uh, a perfect, clear-cut, right answer. So, as a Christian, how should I vote? Using my freedom in Christ to care for my neighbor, how should it direct my thought process? And this one is really difficult because as Americans, we have freedom, right? And our freedom as Americans, uh, it, it uh, allows us and it even encourages us to use our freedom for ourselves. But our identity as a Christian and our freedom as a Christian calls us to use our freedom for the benefit of others. You can see how those two conflict a bit. Now, thinking about your neighbor more than yourself when you're getting ready to vote, that could be a really tough thing, right? Especially when it has to do directly with you. I mean, who here wants to not vote and have taxes raised? Anybody want to shell out a little bit more money? 
No one? I'm shocked. Another one is, you know, we all like to gather here as God's people, not have to be persecuted, right? We, our religious freedom is very important. But let me just ask you this. Do we believe that Jesus is Lord of the church? I know we're a bunch of Lutherans in here, but can I hear an amen from everybody in there? Amen. Jesus is Lord of the church. He is in control, and he's not going to let his bride, the church, die off. He's not sitting in heaven just hoping and watching the, the ballots come in, hoping that there will be enough votes for religious freedom in America. The gospel doesn't depend on that. The gospel depends on him and on his power and on the Holy Spirit working through the word. In fact, there are many times that when you look at the history of the church that it's exploded under persecution when there wasn't that religious freedom. In the early church, the, the church was persecuted by Rome and Christians were going, being led to Colosseums where some were being put on a cross and others were being uh, forced to fight lions or bears in front of thousands of people to watch their death. Yet the gospel spread like wildfire. People were being converted. Even now in parts of Asia where Christianity, by and large part, is illegal, the gospel is thriving. And that's part of why we get to use our freedom. We know that Jesus is in control. How freeing that is to be reminded that he is in control of everything. Jesus doesn't need us to have religious freedoms in order to work. But we do know that as a follower of Jesus, as people trying to be like Jesus, it's going to cost us. You know, when Jesus said that if anyone would follow after him, they must deny themselves and take up their cross and, and follow him. And what he was describing was a life of, of sacrifice, a life of giving up many comforts. Taking up our cross is not a comfortable thing. It's a sacrificial thing. So often, using our Christian freedom really means disadvantaging ourselves for the sake of our neighbor. Now, let's say that you're all on board with voting to help care for your neighbor. That doesn't necessarily mean it's easy, right? Even the best politicians are flawed, and you're never going to find a candidate who aligns perfectly with God's word. So as a Christian, how should we proceed when there is not one right answer or one wrong answer? Well, you use your Christian freedom, knowing that you have that freedom. You decide. But we also pray, and we seek God's word about it. We also rely on our conscience. You know, God has given us a conscience as a gift to guide us uh, to keep us aligned with his will, albeit now being flawed because of sin. But Paul tells us in Romans that our conscience is a gift that is given to us to help follow God's will for our lives. And so if your conscience says to go one way or, or not to go another way, typically you should listen to it. We, use, uh, we best use our Christian freedom when we are in God's word when we are in prayer, when we follow our conscience. 
We rely on those things when making decisions where there's not a good, clear choice. Really, when making most decisions as a Christian. And with that, I want to go move to the next example, which potentially relies even more on our conscience. And this question was actually submitted by you. Should you shop at a store if they support things that are against God's word? To get more specific, there are a number of companies that, after Roe v. Wade was overturned, they said that they would pay for their employees to drive to another state to have an abortion, where it was legal. Or there are stores that support and sell transgender and homosexual uh, affirming apparel. Maybe you have wrestled with this question, should I be supporting them? Is it, a, is it a sin to still buy from there? So, Christian, for those companies that don't align with God's word and with the things that we, we believe in, should you support them with your money? Should you drive a half, an extra half an hour to go to a different store that better aligns with your morals? Should you pay twice as much for the same product but from somewhere else? Should you just shop there anyways? Well, there isn't really a wrong or a right answer. You have the freedom to choose. Now, if there's someone who is really bothered by shopping at a store that supports things that you don't, like in the situation with our reading from Paul today, maybe in that case, for the sake of that person and their conscience, you choose not to. But other than that, what it really comes down to is your conscience troubled. Two Christians could need the same product and, and have different decisions. One could choose to go to the store, and one could choose to go a half hour farther. Both of those are okay. Christian freedom allows you to make that choice. Your conscience might lead you to a different decision than someone else. And so if you don't feel right buying from a company that supports things that you don't, then don't. If your conscience is not troubled by, by supporting them, then go ahead. Neither is a sin. You have the freedom to choose. Now, these are just two examples, you know, examples of, of where there's not really a right or a wrong answer. But I know for a fact, you all face decisions like this, maybe even on a daily basis. And remember, as long as your decision doesn't go against God's word or his commandments, and it doesn't break any rules or laws that you're under, you have the freedom to choose. And when you are in opportunities to do so, Use that freedom to care for others. But as we saw with these two examples, you can use your freedom in a way that looks different from someone else. That's okay. So take the freedom you have in Christ and to, uh, to make those decisions. Pray about it. Be in God's word. And then just boldly and guilt-free make that decision. The gospel allows us to be able to make these choices freely but we also have the responsibility to freely love others and to give of ourselves for the sake of others. May God give you the ability to do that. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, we thank you for the freedom that you have won for us. First, our freedom from sin that gives us eternal life with you. 
And we thank you that in this new life that you have changed us to be like you, to want the things that you do. Help us to constantly be fighting against our sinful nature that wants things to go my way. Help us to be turned outside to look and care for the needs of our neighbors and use our freedom in a way that is God-pleasing and that cares for the needs of our neighbors. And when we fail to, God, help us to strive again to do so. We ask this in your son's name.